Remember this? The truth? What a quaint notion. How old-fashioned. The truth. Yeah, you understood what the truth was. You knew it when you saw it. Now, the truth is very subjective. There's a version of the truth. There's your truth. There's my truth. There's her truth, right? You look up the definition of the truth, you're going to find a lot of different things. This is one, though, I think we can agree on. Does this work for everybody? The real facts about a situation, event, or person. Got it? I like it. We can deal with that. America is a long way from real facts. Everything that's going on right now, politically, culturally, everything about America is based on not facts, but lies. And primarily lies about two men, two historical figures, George Floyd and Donald Trump. George Floyd deified, glorified. Donald Trump demonized, marginalized, canceled. They must stop him, criminalized. But lies about these two gentlemen have brought us to where we are. And the grand architect of all of this is someone we know, <laughs> Joe Biden. Grand architect sounds too fancy. Let's call him a sloppy handyman. But the lies that he told and is telling right now has brought this country to the brink. His entire presidency, don't forget this, is based on a lie. This is really the very first time he talked to us as a presidential candidate. This is when he launched his campaign, and it starts with a lie. He said there were, quote, some very fine people on both sides. Very fine people on both sides? With those words, the President of the United States assigned a moral equivalence between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. Charlottesville, you remember, I'll get to what President Trump really said, but this is it. This is the key to his presidency, Charlottesville and the Charlottesville lie. Next. That's why today I'm announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. All right. All based on this. And what can't we forget? We can't forget what happened in Charlottesville. Even more important, we have to remember who we are. This is America. All right, this is America. Uh, Charlottesville, what did happen in Charlottesville? There was that awful, um, well, a guy took his car and went into those protesters, and yes, oh, a young woman was killed, and that was, that was awful. But as to what President Trump said about that day, he did not say what they say he said, and what so many people still believe that he said. Listen, please. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. And you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. So the guy in the car who ran over that woman Neo-Nazi, white supremacist, whatever you want to call him, should be condemned totally. Crystal clear. He said it out loud. But folks, as far as protesting the monument of Robert E. Lee, you know, there are two sides to that position. And you can be a very good person and believe that Robert E. Lee represents everything that's wrong with America and slavery and that statue should go and we can have that discussion 
I might even be sympathetic. I would listen, right? I don't agree, but I would listen. Lots of people, good people feel that way. And lots of good people feel that these monuments must be maintained, part of our heritage. Our heritage isn't perfect, but it's part of our story. You cannot omit it. Otherwise, you're, you know, it increases the likelihood or the danger of doing it again. So, an all-out lie and everything, everything about President Trump since, from the mainstream, from, Donald, from Joe Biden, has been a lie. Also regarding George Floyd. George Floyd. I mean, where do we, everything about his life and, more importantly, everything. And I mean everything about his death that we've been told is a lie. It's not true. Nothing about what we've been told is true. There is a new film called The Fall of Minneapolis, and I urge you to watch it. Folks, you can watch it for free, okay? You go to thefallofminneapolis.com, an amazing film that tells the truth about what actually happened. Now, I've been working on this for a number of years. I've kept my eye on this story, absolutely, and this is the truth. We have some clips from the movie. Number one, Chauvin, Derek Chauvin, and that maneuver, knee on the neck, it actually wasn't on the neck, it was on the shoulder. And that whole position, which was shocking to some, was actually authorized, authorized by the Minneapolis Police Department. Your attorney wanted to show a photo of MRT to the jury, but Judge Cahill denied it. Was this a key piece of evidence? I think it certainly is important. Just the fact that it's a PowerPoint training presentation that the city of Minneapolis, Minneapolis Police Department delivered uh, using that photograph uh, that at least illustrates some of the training techniques that are performed. You see that? Doesn't that look familiar? I'm sorry, but that's actually part of the training syllabus at the Minneapolis Police Department. Knee, right there on the shoulder, possibly the neck. Take a look at what Chauvin, right? The picture from that day. Doesn't it look similar? <laughs> they taught this, and they didn't just teach it to Derek Chauvin. Back to the movie. Were you trained in MRT, the maximal restraint technique? Yes. 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 Yes, I was. Yes, we all were. Yes, all the police officers were trained in the MRT. Your police chief said on the stand that he didn't recognize that technique. Mm-hmm. I, I heard him say that. It's tough to hear people lie, just straight lie. Uh, we'll get to the what seemed to be lies in a moment. Again, this maneuver taught by the police department and described, described in the manual. Let's go ahead and put the manual up. Uh, neck restraint, non-deadly force option defined as compressing one or both sides of a person's neck with an arm or a leg. I didn't write that. The city of Minneapolis wrote it all the way back in like 2002 and they taught it every single year. Now, why wasn't this brought up at trial? Well, number one, the judge wouldn't allow it. And number two, it looks like key witnesses may have lied. I'd like to show you uh, what's been received as Exhibit 17. Is this a trained technique that's uh, by the Minneapolis Police Department when you were uh, overseeing the training unit? It is not. 
And how does this differ? I don't know what kind of improvised position that is. So that's not what we train. All right. As you reflect on Exhibit 17, I must ask you, is this a trained Minneapolis Police Department defensive tactics technique? It is not. Well, um, that's not the case. <laughs> it's actually in the manuals. Now, the judge would not let this MRT uh, be discussed. They wouldn't let it be discussed in court. A lot of strange things about that trial. It's all in the film, and so many officers speaking out, former officers, so they could be quite candid. Why then did you want to speak out? The whole city is different. The police force lost so many people because of it. Just the amount of crisis that people went through. The media did a really good, strange job of reporting the way they wanted the narrative to go. After what the world witnessed in the murder of George Floyd. These four police officers are committing a series of actions that violate policies. This news is disgusting. And they're immoral. At the stuff they reported, the lies they reported. I saw the video. There was a lot of other angles that were excluded. A lot of training that was excluded. Efforts to save George Floyd's life excluded. Problems with the emergency paramedics coming to the scene. Why were they so late? Excluded. And body camera footage excluded. Some key evidence excluded. And this was certainly undermined or ignored by the media. The police officers involved. Can I see them? Oh, I think all four of these are in jail right now. Uh, two of the officers are people of color. Tao and King on the lower left. Tao Asian, King, who's officially the man who arrested uh, George Floyd, happens to be a black man. Doesn't that undermine the racial component to this story, right? I think it does significantly. Uh, Mr. King is now in jail and spoke to the filmmakers. And, you know, his commentary... Well, I think it's uh, so applicable to so much of what's going on right now in America. The way I see it is that he made the decisions he thought was right. As he did before, he's always been one that was by the book and legally abiding. I think he did exactly what he was trained to do. Unfortunate that the publicity got as riled up as it did by all the officials and politicians that were involved with the case and it took away any chance he had to even say his piece. What does this case say about the justice system in America? I think, unfortunately, we've come to the point now where the justice system has been controlled by mob mentality. Social media, news outlets, peer pressures now control the outcomes of trials, investigations. The justice system no longer is really something you can trust. Because if you're in any way on the negative side of the media, you know, you're pretty much just going to have a trial by street and no one ever wins in street trials with publicity that is already against you. Negative side on the media, you're not going to get a fair trial. It'll be trial by street. And that means if you're a police officer in Minneapolis or the president of the United States.
This is what's happening to Donald Trump right now, to Officer King, those three other officers, and him. Mob, social media, peer pressure, what's cool, what's hot, let's get him now. What is this? Where does this leave him and where does it leave the cops? Take a look at what it's done for policing. What was it like going to 911 calls after the riots? I was the first officer at multiple shootings. I was involved with gun calls. And I'm just like, one of these situations is not going to turn out good. Did you ever see that before? Guy gets hit in the head with a metal hubcap? That could kill somebody. That's attempted murder. Police officers are facing this all the time. And then those Democrat politicians have the nerve to say crime is going down. Crime is, is going down. Well, police aren't able to do their jobs. Police aren't able to police effectively. Yeah, guess what? Oh, you won't have as much reported crime. We are in a free fall. And the corporate, the beautiful people, they don't ask questions. They just don't want the mob showing up at their door. They just want business to always be good. To start, I want to address the topic of racism, inequality, and injustice, and to recognize the pain being felt throughout our nation, especially in our black and brown communities after the senseless killing of George Floyd. A difficult time for our country, in particular, black people in our country. First, my condolences to the families of George Floyd. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice for being there to call out to your mom. The bottom line is after eight minutes and 46 seconds, America was changed. We saw what happened to George Floyd. America saw it, the world saw it. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Those are George Floyd's last words. We can't let those words die with him. All over the world, George, they're marching with your name. You've touched the world in South Africa. You touched the world in England. You've touched every one of the 50 states. Even in a pandemic, people are walking out in the streets, not even following social distancing, because you've touched the world. So you see how they exploited it for their own benefit or just so they can go along, keep making money, the NFL, Apple computer, right? They don't want any trouble. They don't want the mob hanging around. So many fascinating things in this movie. George Floyd had enough fentanyl in him to kill three men. No damage to his neck, no evidence of asphyxiation. They go into that. And also a fascinating and heartbreaking uh, chapter on the abandonment and the evacuation of the third precinct. Remember that? Uh, they gave it up for the mob. Why did that happen? Who ordered it? What did it mean for the cops inside? Folks, you have to see this movie. It's important. The Fall of Minneapolis. Go to thefallofminneapolis.com. By the way, folks, it's free. It's free. Support it by watching and get the truth out because the truth, the truth, we started this with the truth. It is in short supply. Most people don't do what you're going to do, watch that movie. Most people just don't do it. They just sit around and they inhale, right? The, 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 the mainstream media is just in the air. 56% of America takes in this garbage all the time, right? 
the lies. Now, another roughly 25% pays absolutely no attention to what's going on. None, zero. They block it out. And then that leaves about, what, 20, 23% like us who seek out our own voices, but we're not a majority. And that's a big problem because the noisemakers, right, the agenda that we too often react to in conservative media, as opposed to setting the agenda, well, look at how they set it. Remember the Mueller hoax? Robert Mueller and that stupid report and the investigation that lasted two years? For example, the New York Times wrote roughly, let me see here, a, th a thousand and six articles about that. All right, it's a free country. They can do whatever they want. But then, folks, something happened. The Durham report came out, which debunked the Mueller report, found all kinds of problems. I mean, this was, this was a major, major story, right? So, as I said, it's a free country. The New York Times can ignore it, and they did. They wrote how many stories about it? Okay, three articles, fine. But what about conservative media? The Wall Street Journal. That's the closest thing we've got to, like, you know, the official voice of conservative, right? The, the establishment. Six articles on the Durham report. The New York Post, my favorite newspaper in the country. Five articles. Five articles. And then they moved on. We have no kind of mechanism to go bananas about stuff like this. Where are the sidebars? I want to, you could, you could have generated hundreds, thousands of stories from this report, but it didn't happen. I bear some responsibility here as well. Listen, I've been all over this uh, George Floyd scam since the early stages. Not right away. It took me about a month. I was as shocked as anybody. But then I realized I'm supposed to be shocked. But wait a second. This is, this is feeling like a mob, and we're not. So I started to look a little bit closely. A month later, I reported this. There are, I've come to learn, some critical facts about this case that most of us have not heard, and here's why we should start talking about them now. Knee on the neck, knee on the neck. I had never in my life seen such a thing in the streets or on TV shows or in movies, anywhere, never even heard of that. And here's why there's a real chance the officer will be acquitted of murder. It was allowed by the Minneapolis Police Department. It was in their manual. Did you know that George Floyd, before this moment, begged the officers to put him on the ground? All he right. had a panic so attack look, in the back I had of the police car. Moments like this, moments like this. I'm not giving myself credit. I'm just pointing out that, but I didn't do enough with it. I, I Yes, I reported that in June of 2020, and then I moved on to the next story of the day, and then the other story. But there was no, I wasn't relentless about it. I wasn't relentless. And the other side, they are relentless, day in, day out. The New York Times, they are, I know they're fake news and everything like that, but you know what? They've got quite, they're quite a juggernaut. 6.5 million people are paying $20 a month for lies for lies. So what do we have? We have each other. We've got some magnificent um, platforms out there, Newsmax being one of them. But I go on social media and people are grumbling about, well, why should I pay $5 for Newsmax? Yeah, we're getting a lot of that. I am personally. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but it's a great deal. And we want to be a juggernaut. Why? Not... <laughs> to correct some of this stuff, to be a force where they, can, they can't pull this stuff off anymore. What do you say, huh? Newsmaxplus.com. And this may sound like a commercial. It's not really supposed, this is, I'm trying to save the country doing my small part, okay? 
it's what, five bucks a month. It's not hard, but I know it's a pain in the neck, right? I hate learning new passwords and all that stuff, but you really should do it for yourself, for me, if you like this show, and um, for all of us, it's important. We can't let them get away with this for much longer. We can't, and that's, this is one small thing you can do to fight back, in addition to all the other stuff we're gonna do to fight back. Thank you. The filmmaker uh, from the fall of Minneapolis will be joining us shortly. I'm honored to have them, and I'll be right back. All right, we talked about this at the top of the show, The Fall of Minneapolis. You must see this film, and you can see it for free. It busts wide open all of the myths, all of the lies about George Floyd, the response, everything. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, Black Lives Matter, and everything it led to. And the lives, those lies ruined. Um, it's made possible, you saw her in the film, by Liz Collins. Uh, you actually saw her asking questions in the film. There she is, Liz Collins. She produced this. Um, she was kind of somewhat impartial, actually, right? She just seemed like a kind of a straight news reporter, and she is, but she has a very close connection to all of this. Uh, she was, first of all, on air in Minneapolis for many, many years, but she was demoted after George Floyd because, well, her husband had a significant position in the Minneapolis Police Department. There he is on the right, Bob Kroll. Um, you know, there was so much hysteria in the wake of George Floyd, and a lot of people paid a big price, but Liz Collin is back on top with the truth. Uh, welcome and congratulations on this uh, remarkable film. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank, thank you so much for having me on, Greg. I really appreciate it, and, and thank you very much for your kind uh, introduction. Oh, good. I, you know, look, that's, that's the way I see things, and the film was so remarkable. But one thing you actually don't dwell on too much is you personally. And before we get to George Floyd and Chauvin and the rest, can you tell us what happened to you? You had that on-air position, as I mentioned, and you were married to a cop, a prominent cop. What happened next? You know, uh, cancel culture that, that came after myself and my family in full effect. I was a longtime uh, CBS uh, anchor here in town in the Minneapolis area and and lost my position over all of this. But but I think that uh, law enforcement and their families really paid the ultimate price in all of this. Uh, some you know people were canceled in, in some way, shape or form, uh, especially anybody who had anything to do with with cops. And um, I uh, basically was sort of put in a closet, if you will, in my professional life. And I, I jumped ship. I left mainstream media over all of this to work uh, more in independent media. I believe that's kind of the future in all of this. It's really the only way nowadays to actually put the, the truth um, out there. So so it's okay. I don't want to focus on on my story because this is so much bigger than that. We're all living the, the consequences to this day of the lies that were told uh, right here in, in Minneapolis. And that was really uh, the, the goal of, of this film, to offer it for free so as many people, Greg, could watch it as possible. And they can watch it by going to thefallofminneapolis.com, thefallofminneapolis.com. The hardest part for me was spelling Minneapolis uh, correctly. I always had trouble with that one. And then when you get there, you can watch it on Rumble or Alpha. Is there any other way you want people to see this movie? That's the way I saw it, and it worked. Any other options? 
Yeah, it's uh, the fall of Minneapolis.com. We'll get you there. But we actually just put it, uh, we, we reached a million views today. Uh, so it was a, a remarkable milestone just putting this out uh, less than five days ago now Now at this point. So it is on X now. You'll find it on uh, Alpha News. on our uh, That's our handle there. And also it should be uh, up on YouTube shortly. We'll see how long that all lasts. You know uh, that very well, how that's going to work, Greg. So we'll, we'll see. But it, it's easy to find uh, the fall of Minneapolis.com. So people were shocked when they first saw the video of Derek Chauvin with what appeared to be the knee on the neck. And everybody kind of jumped to conclusions. And it fell at one point to his own mother. You know, she's the first one I ever heard really effectively making this case on camera. You talk to Derek Chauvin's mother. Let's take a look at that clip, please. When I heard that part of the testimony, I really wanted to get up off my chair and yell bullshit. Several of those witnesses testified that MRT, or the maximal restraint technique, was not a part of Minneapolis police policy. Oh, the, um, it wasn't part of the training. The pages that were, didn't want to be presented in court because they weren't in the manual. I've seen the manual. I've read through the manuals. I've seen, I've seen them. Hmm, they're not in the manuals? Well, they sure as hell are in Derek's training manuals. So how can they say that they don't exist? That's Derek's manual. These are Derek's training manuals. And MRT is in there? Yes, it's in there. So how can you say that's not part of the training. So the chief of police at that time told a frickin' lie. That image that we saw right there, that's actually from the training manual itself. And this is from a PowerPoint presentation. And this is actually training from the Minneapolis Police Department. This is it, right here. This is official stuff. Yeah, and I, uh, I knew early on that something more was going on with, with all of this. Um, in fact, we, we heard that the day after uh, this incident with George Floyd, that whatever was happening that day at 38th in Chicago and Minneapolis, it's not how they train. They don't, they don't recognize it. And I, I had reported on um, you know, police-involved incidents for, for some time as a reporter, and I went to the, the manual, the Minneapolis uh, Police Training Manual, and there are two pages that are mysteriously just missing uh, from that, that manual. So you knew something else was, was at play here. And I go more in-depth even into to that uh, in, in my book, They're Lying, the Media, the Left, and the Death of George Floyd. But we were able to take a look at that because it's a critical part um, of this case. And also the body camera footage, Greg, was, was withheld from the public. That was for a reason as well. It was nearly two and a half months before that came out. And I still think to this day, not uh, most people, they haven't, they haven't seen that. There was allowed, it was only allowed that the you know, viral Facebook video uh, was something we had to see uh, again and again. That's never happened. That body camera footage was withheld from the public in a Minneapolis uh, police incident. Um, and so that's how we start uh, th this whole movie is just, here's the, here's the body camera footage uh, you never saw before. And, and 
uh, in that um, interaction with George Floyd, you hear the officers clearly discussing this MRT as, it, as it's called. So I still say to this day, if they were honest about this, uh, about what transpired with George Floyd, including that he's complaining about how he can't breathe long before Derek Chauvin arrives on scene. Uh, I could go on and on about different things that the body camera shows, but I don't think we'd even be here having this, this conversation. Uh, but instead, evidence was withheld, uh, not only from the public, but from uh, the, the jurors, and this very dangerous narrative was, was, was pushed by the, the media. It's incredible. It really is incredible. And it changed society. It changed how we live. And I do believe that it is a lie, what we were told. More with Liz Collin and this uh, amazing movie when we come back. November 22nd, 1963, that's 60 years ago tomorrow that John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. You know, um, for a long time, I was quite naive about this whole matter. And for reasons I don't quite understand, very powerful people, even more powerful than the president of the United States, wanted him gone. Now couple of little things. You know, Kennedy actually stayed overnight. His last night uh, was spent at the Texas Hotel. That's in Fort Worth, or the Hotel Texas, I believe. You can still go there and stay. Um, but this is one thing that bothers me about, well, the Secret Service, the men who were charged with protecting Kennedy's life. This was basically swept under the rug. Um, but did you know that the men who were guarding President Kennedy, supposed to guard him, went out and partied the night before the assassination, some until five in the morning. Five in the morning. Now, that's a real problem. I know that there are heroes like Clint Hill, and I respect Clint Hill. Clint Hill was one of the guys who fessed up. Yeah, we went out, but it didn't affect my performance that day. They never should have been out. I'm sorry. And, I mention it now because the Secret Service still gets caught in that stuff periodically. I mean, maybe they've got to start picking, you know, only Mormons can be on the Secret Service. I don't know, but they got to fix that. Happens in Colombia. It happens. It still happens. That has to stop. Uh, if you look at the Zapruder film, frame by frame, um, well, a lot of interesting things in this film. Now, people can disagree, but I am convinced that the shots did come from the sixth floor of the school book depository and that Oswald was the guy who fired down Elm Street. And it was possible for a marksman, even of his, uh, some would say, mediocre ability, to kill him, to kill him. It really wasn't that hard of a shot. But the idea that Lee Harvey Oswald had a job at the school book depository, the route, along the route that President uh, Kennedy would take. I don't buy that some neighbor said, oh, there's a help wanted. There's a position available at the firm next. No, 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 no. They put him there. They put him there. And I believe that uh, a lot of people knew the truth back then. Harry Truman, president, he was the 34th president of the United States. He was still alive um, a month after the assassination. And he wrote a very interesting note about the Central Intelligence Agency, a letter for the Washington Post, the CIA. Yeah, it was started under Truman. He actually started the Central Intelligence Agency. But one month after the assassination of Kennedy, he decided to air his concerns about the CIA publicly. 
And here's some of what he wrote. Take a look at this. I don't think he's telling the whole story, but he certainly is hinting at something. There are now some searching questions that need to be answered. I, therefore, would like to see the CIA be restored to its original assignment. Hmm. Next, please. As the intelligence arm of the president, and that whatever else it can properly perform in that special field, and that its operational duties be terminated or properly used elsewhere. Next, please. We have grown up as a nation, respected for our free institutions and for our ability to maintain a free and open society. One more. There is something about the way the CIA has been functioning that is casting a shadow over our historic position, and I feel that we need to correct it. One month after the assassination, he writes this. What was he getting at? I don't know. Maybe we'll know in 50 years, or maybe we'll know in a little over a year. When President Trump get, gets back in the White House, he has to release everything. I'll be right back. President of the United States, we treat the president very well in America. $400,000 a year salary, the White House, Camp David, they can stay on any military base in the world. Um, and Joe, of course, has Wilmington. He loves that place. But for whatever reason, he, well, loves going to the homes of rich people and staying there when the rich people aren't there. He's going back this year for, I think, the second time to uh, David Rubenstein's uh, big house up in Nantucket. David Rubenstein, another swamp guy, he had a staff job for Jimmy Carter, one of the worst presidents ever, and parlayed that into, well, billions of dollars. And Joe Biden loves his house. He's doing it this Thanksgiving. He did it, I think, two years ago. And, and David Rubenstein's not even going to be there. Would you ever go to a friend's house for Thanksgiving and use their house with the friend not there? So strange, right? It just pe people don't do this. And where else has Joe done this before? He goes to, uh, oh yeah, he borrows this rich person's house in South Carolina. Again, Camp David, anybody? Uh, let me see, another one. He went to uh, Bill and Connie Neville's St. Croix Villa for Christmas in 2022. I don't get it. The White House is a palace, not good enough for Joe. Something is really, really wrong here. And I think it's all going to come out. It's all going to come out. You know that Joe's not going to be the nominee. Everybody knows that. Just a matter of, well, when he either withdraws from the race or even resigns. Trust me, I'll be right back. Madeline, what's happening? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Is it raining? Uh, that's my little girl, Madeline. She's one. <laughs> I know it looks dangerous. It's actually perfectly safe. It opens a half an inch, and it's totally, totally, totally secure. But I'm nervous looking at that picture. Anyway, Madeline, I'll be home soon, and no more hanging around on the windowsill, okay? All right, I can make that happen. I'm the king of the castle, and I'll be home in moments, and I'll see you tomorrow. All the best. Thank you.